Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. And we're talking about facing our fears today. Do you have those? Sure you do. We all do. The question is not, do you have fears? Because that's a human condition. But how do you manage them? How do you use your inner resources to manage those fears, to face those fears, to follow your intuition, and to do that hard thing that you know you need to do? And that's the conversation we're going to have today with an amazing woman named Tina Ramchandani. Now, Tina and I got to hang out in New York about a year ago when we were on the same panel, and I found her to be so interesting and wise. And we had this discussion about how fears around our work life are so common, right? Am I marketing my services enough? Am I charging too little? Am I pushing the envelope far enough with clients or am I pushing it too far? Are the clients going to hate this? Are they going to be mad at me if I say this thing? How am I going to manage this delay? And on and on and on. Facing fear is part of the job, any job, and certainly in our job, and it's not easy. But taking a pause before reacting to triggers is just one way to gain perspective before any response. So says our guest. We're going to talk about how to identify big picture goals before making changes in your business. We're going to talk about the acronym for fear that I heard recently, which was false evidence appearing real. We're going to talk about how to avoid stagnation. Try something new. Get yourself out of a funk. It's a great show. Episode 324, Facing Fears with Tina Ramchandani. And before we get into the show, we're, we're going to check in with Cheryl Horn and Janine Laudenbach. We've got announcements. You are in the right place. The gang's all here. Janine Laudenbach, Cheryl Horn. Hi, guys. Hey. It's so good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys. <laughs> I like when we do announcements, the three of us. It's fun. It is yeah. fun. Lots of energy, actually. Yeah. yeah. We always end up talking over top of each other, which is kind of what our meetings are like. Exactly, exactly. what they are like. Yeah. <laughs> and we are going to ask you a very important question. So if you're listening, what are you doing on October 4th and 5th if you live in Toronto? Or what are you doing on October 11th and 12th if you live in Santa Monica? Or if you're in the D.C. area, what are you doing on October 25th and 26th? Cheryl, tell them what they're doing. Tell them what they've won. Hopefully, you're going to be joining us for the BOD 15 live. Uh, any one of these two-day no, intensive seminars. <laughs> we need sound effects. I know. Um, yeah, so the BOD 15, uh, we are doing live three different locations, two days each. Uh, you can pick between them. You don't have to join us for all of them, although you're more than welcome to, I <laughs> guess. Yeah, we're you guys will be there. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Oh, Cheryl. No, Cheryl will be at Toronto. We're letting you oh, out yeah. for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So two days intensive. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to work really, really hard. 
because we're going to take you from the beginning of a project to the end of the project, every single step you need to take in order to run that project like a damn boss, to get your clients to uh, comply with the procedures and boundaries and protocols that you have in place to protect your business, to uh, get a project from start to finish so that there's beautiful photography at the end of it if you want. And those clients are going to be thrilled with you and become repeat referral clients forever. And uh, it is going to be an intensive and really Janine, right? You can, you, you know, after day one, everybody was like, oh my gosh, this was, this was a lot. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, but it gels. Oh yeah, it's a lot of information, but I think the benefit of being with us at these live events is, first of all, you get to, you have access to Kimberly and she's a wealth of information, as you know, but also you have connections with other designers who are implementing the 15 steps. Some of the designers that attended our last event have been doing the 15 steps for years. And and then we had some brand new members who had just begun. So a lot of resources just amongst the peers of designers as well. Yes. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to meet local designers and connect with them, I mean, two days of super intense learning will do that. But then you've also got designers that you can partner with to hold one another accountable because once you yeah. learn the steps, you still need to implement them. Um, and that's always one great thing. We always have new little groups, whether it's uh, you know two designers, three or four that come out of this that start their own little groups to hold each other accountable. Sometimes they work through the courses together if they're doing it online after and yeah. really implement as a team because uh, you're going to have that network to do that. Right. And as you know, you have to have completed the BOD 15 online or in person in order to even apply to become a BOD boss. We get a lot of questions about that. This would super uh, fast track you to be a BOD boss as well. So do come out October 4th and 5th for Toronto, October 11th and 12th for Santa Monica, October 25th and 26th for Winchester. Cheryl, what's the cost? So right now we've got uh, early bird pricing. So you're going to save $200 until July. So the cost currently is $21.95. And then members are going to save an additional $200 on top of that. So make sure you're signed into your account before registering. Uh, space is limited for each of these uh, locations. We are already getting registrations now, which is which is great. So uh, head to the website. Full details are there. And registration is open for each location. And we can guarantee that $2,000 investment, roughly $2,000 investment is going to be paid back to you in dividends immediately, uh, you know, upon taking the course. So I've never had that fail. It's never happened that people haven't said that was 100% worth every penny and I got it back over and over and over again. So do sign up. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing you in those yes, three locations. Yes, we can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, and then wait. before we go, I also want to mention tomorrow is our next BOD Live. And both you guys are going to be on it, right? Janine, you're yeah, joining us tomorrow? Live, live. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do need that sound effect. Okay, BOD Live, do we have a topic? I can't remember. Uh, no, we're just doing open coaching. That seems to have, there was a lot cool. of questions um, last time when you kind of ditched me you had jury duty so I did my I did my best I didn't have any follow-up questions for you you know what our members really stepped up I did answer what I could and I know you know the textbook version of all of this while not being a designer um, I was able to answer a lot and our members really worked together and answered questions for one another which was amazing so um, next time you ditched me we're, we're covered but uh, we will all be on tomorrow which is great 
I'm looking forward to it. By the way, if you're a Business of Design member, BOD Live events are included. They're part of membership. You can show up and ask whatever question you want. You get personal coaching on the spot. So do sign up and be a member and do come out to these events and hang out with Cheryl and Janine and myself. We're looking forward to it. You guys have a great week. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Tina, it's so good to see you this morning. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. I haven't seen you since uh, we well, we were in New York, right? We we did a, mm-hmm. an event at the D and D, I think. It was at the New York Design Center, uh, and it was at La Pair with uh, oh, yes. Daniel House Club. That furniture was so beautiful. I love yeah. their f- furniture. I hadn't I hadn't been familiar with it before that, and that was that was so much fun. And we talked then, like a year yeah. ago, about doing this podcast and about how you, you, uh, some of your advice. We were on a panel together. For those of you who weren't there, which was you know, almost everybody, <laughs> <laughs> we were on a panel together. And Tina had such great advice and sage wisdom for everybody's uh, points that we were all trying to make. And I said, "Oh, we have got to have you on." The the podcast because you have so much to share. And we thought we'd start with the topic around how to follow your intuition without following yourself down a rabbit hole and ending up at the bottom of a of a dark <laughs> pit, right? Because there's following your intuition and then there's being afraid to do the hard thing that you know you should really do. And so I want to tease those two things out. First of all, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Oh, yes. Uh, So I am Tina Ramchandani. I am an interior designer and I have a design studio here in Manhattan. Which is amazing. And business is good. Business is booming. Business is medium. And I will say it's only because of where we are in the economy right now. We are still very busy. uh, So things are okay right now. Um, But I am seeing a slowdown in not necessarily inquiries, but signings. Uh, So we're still getting the inquiries, but I think a lot of people are having cold feet. So I say medium because I'm cautiously optimistic. (laughs) Right. Okay. That is a sentiment we are hearing all over the world, literally all yeah. over the world. I heard that when I was in Australia a month ago. I heard that when I was in Charleston this weekend. I'm hearing that, you know, I'm seeing that myself in Santa Monica and Toronto, two different countries there. Like that's a real thing. So I think, first of all, it's really important that you're noticing. It means you have your eye on your client pipeline, which is really yes. important. And we just <laughs> did a BOD boss group meeting with our a fractional CFO, and we we talked about how to identify that hole in the pipeline before it's there and the importance of staying on top of that pipeline, even when you're busy, right? Even when you're busy. Yeah. All right. That's, a that's convers- the harder part because mm. you're too busy to do it, but you have to do it. <laughs> Right. And I can tell myself, well, I'm not worried. I'll worry about that tomorrow, but tomorrow may be precisely too late to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have some education around uh, what to do with the changing economy. In fact, I think I'm going to be at uh, Las Vegas market in July talking literally what to do with the changing economy. And one of the things is how to manage that pipeline. So um, you're clearly a person who is able to big picture, keep an eye on your business. That's what that tells me. And how then do you 
Did that just come naturally to you? How did you get into that habit? She's shaking her head no. No. <laughs> uh, we'll say lots and lots and lots of coaching. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, not. It's yeah. not. I am. I was not born a business person or an entrepreneur. I am a creative. So I had to learn all of this and I'm still learning. It's not over. Um, but uh, it was not a natural thing to think big picture and look at the future. I had to learn to do all of these things. And and then, so with practice, you became more familiar with the checks and balances you need to maintain on a regular basis, right? It's like, it's like yes. an exercise program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first and one once you-, you learn what you need to do, you kind of forget previously what you didn't know, right? It's, it's really hard to go backwards. Um, so I under, I have, uh, I don't know, empathy versus sympathy, but I understand the people that were in my position before, but it's hard to have that same feeling because you've grown from it, you know? So it's hard to kind of teach for me to teach backwards because I'm also not a natural teacher. Right. No, I completely understand that you kind of, you can forget where you came from if you're not reminded from time to time that, that, oh yeah, yeah, I used to do that. The beautiful thing about challenging these fears and assumptions is you realize it's not all that hard to do once you do it. It's the fear of doing it that actually is the worst part. That's one of the things that I've learned and I mean, I've had a lot of fears to get over and I, they're not all gone. You know, the f- different levels of fears keep coming out. Um, but I have had to learn that like the fear should not stop me. And it really does stop you because even if you don't, and this maybe sounds too, I don't know, woo woo for a lot of people, but the, the, you can say, oh, I, I get it. Like, I, I'm not afraid of it. But if you don't actually push through it, it is holding you back. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being obtuse to those alerts is what will keep you stuck forever. Yeah. And that's, that's, 100%. that's part of intuition as well. Like, am I willing to listen to the wee small voice that's telling me I need to push through this? It's true. I mean, I think at least for me, I've always known what I have to do. I just didn't want to do it because <laughs> so, it, it was scary and it was, it's hard. It is hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's, it's interesting. I was recently in a situation where um, a group of designers and they were encouraging another designer to make these changes to her business that she knows she needs to make, but she won't make. And they said, you have to sign up for coaching with Kimberly. And I said, no, she doesn't because... What am I going to tell her that she doesn't already know? You, you, yeah. you know, the best thing you could do is do the hard thing right now. Just do it, and then we'll do some coaching. Don't, don't hire me to tell you again for the umpteenth time you need to track your hours or bill for all your time or whatever it is, right? Don't, don't do yeah. that. Don't, and certainly don't hire co- these coaching packages that are twenty and $40,000 to just repeat <laughs> that stuff. Don't, don't be crazy. Make, I shouldn't say that. I'll say, don't be, don't be, <laughs> don't waste your money. I would say the same thing. It's right. fine. You can say don't be crazy. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. So face the fear and do it anyway. Your knees can be knocking, but you still know you can do it. 
can you think of any situations that you've broken through like that where you were like, I thought this was going to be, you know, I thought I could never, never, never make this change. And then I did make this change and it, it was really transformative. I, I pro- there's probably a thousand of them. I mean, hiring was a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, now we are a team of four full-time and three part-time consultant, you know, blends. Um, and even when I was hiring my first part-time, I was scared to make her full-time, you know, and everyone says, no, you need the full-time. You can build for that time. You're going to make more money um, having the full-time, but it's, it's scary. You're investing in a person, you're letting go of control, you know, you're letting someone else do the work and you're telling yourself that like, I will be this next level, right. By hiring that person. So there's so you have to be ready for all of those things. Uh, even moving to our office, you know, I resisted for a really long time because I have so many money issues and I thought, no, you know, we can just keep working out of my house. It's great. We're saving money. It's amazing. COVID happened and I was forced out of my house because then my husband started working from home and I can't have two of us and a dog plus my entire team coming over every day, you know, like that's not sustainable. So I was forced out. So it was really scary. I resisted. I really didn't want to do it, but now it's amazing. I feel better. I have a better balance most days because I can go home and leave my work in another location. So there's countless examples. You always know what you have to do. You just don't want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really important, I think, at least to surround yourself with people who will encourage you and and give you a little nudge from time to time. We talked about bookending this past week when I was with the BOD boss group. When there's something particularly hard that I have to do, I will phone someone or email someone or text someone and say, I'm going to do this thing. And, you know, the accountability. Vomit. Yeah, accountability. I'm going to do this hard thing. And then when I do the hard thing, I text them again. I close the loop on that. I say, I did that hard thing. And now I'm going to go and drink tequila or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. It helps me to bookend things because otherwise I might chicken out. And I love that we're having this conversation about how there is fear because. I know sometimes I meet people and they go, oh, well, you you never have these problems, Kimberly, or you never have these fears. I have fears all the time. I currently have a client who's pushing me to the brink and I haven't had one like this in a really, really long time. I, I um, And I'm having to deal with it assertively and head on and I don't like it, <laughs> right? And there's a little bit yeah. of fear. What happens if this? What happens if that? But, you know, I know just you can do this this scary hard thing. It's and it's funny. I don't um, look at people and think that they're perfect because I I think I just know that everybody has their own level of issues. But I know a lot of people that have a lot of insecurities that always say that person has a perfect life or that person has a perfect business. But you never know what's what is going on with anyone. Just like you never know what's going on with your own clients, right? Like after we leave a design meeting, there are a whole other layer of things that they have to go deal with, which then in turn affects their reactions towards me or towards our our presentations or whatever. So you can't say that that person doesn't have fears, right? Or another designer doesn't have fears because we all have that. It's just different. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I, I do know thousands of people listening heard you say that you have four full-time staff in an office and, and um, so many of them said, oh, I'll never be as great as Tina. Right, I'll never be that well, big. One, I'll never I'm not have great, that. but you'll always. But I used to say it too, and right. then you kind of keep pushing through. It's not easy. It's it, you know. No, and in fact, I mean, you're in a situation now. Look at look at. I'm about to plant a fear in your head if it's not there already. But you said you know you have some concerns about what's coming in the pipeline, and now well, you have an I, office. The fears are there. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm trying to overcome that. But yeah, right. And and more than that, right? You're going to take strategic action to make sure you're okay and to continue to fill that pipeline. You've got to get busy. Yeah. Like your number one job right now seems like maybe filling that pipeline to keep your marketing. Team moving That's along. my number one job is marketing. But right. I have also known this since the beginning of the year, probably before that, but I think I was too busy <laughs> to deal with it last right. year. But since January, we've been making strategic changes to market or, or market differently or market more broadly. And I don't, I wouldn't say I've been very uh, they haven't been big moves. Maybe they should have been bigger, but you know, you can only do what you can only do, um, what you have the capacity for, but this isn't like I realized it yesterday. Right. <laughs> just, you know, I've been thinking about it. So I, the fear is there, but um, what are you going to do? I have an office. I got to pay for it. So <laughs> yeah, face the fear and do it anyway. And yeah. I love somebody once told me that the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Isn't that good? Because I know I make up, I make up stories. The person did that thing. This client did this thing to me because there's this going on, which is false evidence. I don't know what's going on in that person's. I have no No. idea. It probably has nothing to do with me. Um, You know, they probably have... 99% of the time it doesn't. Right. Nothing nothing that anyone ever does is about us. Right. (laughs) Right. That's right. I'm really not that significant. Yeah. (laughs) And they probably have money mindset issues from childhood, like I do. Yeah. And so this is just their old baggage coming up to, you know, coming up in the way that it does. And they're looking, you know, like a toddler for me to keep them in line so they don't have as many tantrums. And, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been the mother of a toddler in a long time. It's kind of exhausting. <laughs> but I remember, yeah. I remember by bedroom when my kids were little, I would say to myself, I'm smarter than them. I'm smarter than them. I'm smarter <laughs> than them. I can figure this out. I can figure this out. Right. My son has ADHD and Asperger's. And so he was challenging when he was little. He was super busy, first of all, but he was also kind of oppositional. Like if I said it's time for bed, no, it wasn't time for bed. And so I remember so clearly that mantra, I'm smarter than him, I'm smarter than him, I'm smarter than him. And I said, hey, Coop, do you want to crawl to the bathtub or do you want to skip backwards to the bathtub. And he looks up and he goes, let's skip backwards. So we skip backwards and we're suddenly in the bathroom and he's getting in the bathtub. I'm like, okay. You are smarter than him. Right? Right? (laughs) So I think that that's part of intuition as well to just know like I'm at an impasse here. Yeah. And there's a creative solution I just haven't thought of. So try anything other than stagnation. For me, it also helps to not focus on it and not like think about it too much. And it might sound counterintuitive again, but just kind of getting out of the zone. Like if you're sitting at your desk all day, focusing on a problem, go for a walk or just do something else that does not involve thinking about work. And the answer kind of comes. You just have to be ready for it. That's the, it's kind of a weird, it's, 
I say listen to your intuition, but you have to be ready for the intuition to sneak back up. You know, you have to listen to it when it comes back. Yeah, it sounds like you make space for it. You're like, you have right? If you sit there and you're like, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta do it. It's like that desire to answer an email. You get an email that you don't like. It's like, I'm going to respond right now. Don't send, don't send. Sit on it 24 hours and guaranteed for me, I'll read it again and say, I don't even think she meant that. I don't know why I lost my cool. I don't even think that's what she was going at. So the the email I sent 24 hours later is so different. No problem. I was about to make a really big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Always. I think we we changed the conversation almost. Well, or maybe we morphed the conversation from just following your intuition, but to like how to handle fear. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is That wasn't the intent this morning. But, <laughs> but we followed our intuition and that's where we ended true. up. That's true. <laughs> Are you a person who just um, follows the next thing in front of you? Like, you know, you see an opportunity, you go left. Are you a person who holds back and says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to think about where I want to go, and then I'm going to forge my own path? It's a blend of both, I think. Um, Because I do follow my intuition quite a bit. So if something feels like a good idea, for me... These things have always worked out, but I also know what type of clients I want to grow to, you know, what kind of projects I want to take on in the future and what I want to let go of and where I want my business to be in five to 10 years. So I am not actively planning. I don't, and I don't know if a lot of people are because life is just so hectic that I... I can't say in six months or a year or two, two years, I'm going to have all of these opportunities, but I am, if something comes in front of me, I can say, feels like this is going to be a good fit for where I want to go eventually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I am, I am thoughtful about it, but I am excited about things that pop up in front of me. I'm not actively go. And there are people that actively go after things. That is not me. So you mean people who say, I want to be, I'll just make something up. I want to be on TV. And so they actively pursue being on TV where you might have that seed in your mind. And when an opportunity presents itself, you grab it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And those are both, those are great ways to be. Both of those ways are good to be. I'm, yeah, I'm more like are, you, I, I think. I have the other. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like you. I won't necessarily come up with a big goal and then think I'm going to go and figure out how to get it. I actually think that's a really good quality. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I admire people. I have a lot of friends that really know exactly where they want to be. And then they yeah. plan for it and they have spreadsheets and, and I don't know, memos of, you know, what they're going to do to get there. And I think that that's really amazing. And I admire them. It's just not my personality. I'm not, I'm detailed in a different way, right. you know, when it comes to like items and work, but I'm not so detailed about my life. So I know sort of what my idea of happiness looks like, but it's not a hard and fast rule. But then I also think because of that, I'm not disappointed because there's no marker, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like this is kind of what's going to make me happy. And then you're in the vicinity and then you're happy. Right. Versus saying like, I want to be on TV. And then if I don't get on TV, but I get on Netflix, are you disappointed? I don't know. (laughs) Some people are, some people aren't. (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I, that's the quality I think is so admirable. Somebody who says, I want to be on TV and then they go for it. I think takes a lot of courage because you might not, you may not get there. If you're willing to tell people that that's what you want and then you don't get there. To me, I think that takes a lot of courage. I admire people who do that. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that. But do you have those hard goals like that? Like I want to do this? No, I think I'm more like Winnie the Pooh. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> sunny and I think I see a honeypot over there and I'm just going to take a little stroll and see what I can find. And then I feel like I've been really lucky. I've made, and maybe I have some kind of intuition, you know, maybe that's I it. I think you do. I think that most people that have, I'm calling them hard goals. I don't know what to call them, but I think that that's more rare because mm. not everybody really knows what they want to do. Right. You know, so those people that have those plans and go after that, that's not the majority of us. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I would say, I would say, I agree with you that most creatives are are expressing kind of the path that you and I have followed as well. It's also, it's even like business of design. People say like, you know, when you created business of design, what was your goal? I didn't, I didn't even, I goal, I had no goal. I didn't even create business of design. It was like, you're spending so much time, Kimberly, flying all over teaching people your methods. Why don't you just put it in one place? It'll be easier on the team. Like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's sounds good. Why don't we do that? Yeah. That's more like I am. I kind of do. I really do kind of admire people who set hard goals and then yeah. say, I'm going to go for it. I think that that's worthy. Maybe I'll think of a hard goal and I don't know. No, that seems too hard. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you come up with one, let me know. I'm curious. I will. I will. You've already done so much. So like, what could it be? Well, you know, I do, I do feel like I have, and I, but I do feel like it's also luck. There's some luck and there's a preparedness. There's a, there's a, there's a willingness to work hard when the opportunity presents itself. And, and I think part of it too, Tina, maybe for you as well, is you have to be able to say yes really fast because an opportunity comes up and it doesn't last forever. No. And most of my most successful, most of my most, okay, that was a, (laughs) some of of my my most most successful, (laughs) some of my most successful opportunities have been that, you know, so uh, I did a show house in 2016 and I got the call literally two weeks before the show house opened. And they said, somebody could, can't make it because of X, Y, and Z. Can you do this? And I had the leeway and I was driven enough. And I said, yes, within like a half an hour, I said, okay, when can I go there and see it? I'm not sure, but let me see it. We went the next day and I had to decide. I said, yes, on the spot. I had no clue. Like how, how was I going to get the furniture? (laughs) Who's going to donate? Like, where are we going to get all this stuff from? So two weeks includes weekends. It was like 10 business days, you know, and I went there on a Friday and I started designing Friday night and I figured it out, but you have to be quick. I love that. What, what which show house was it? It was a it was Holiday House, and I had done Holiday House in twenty thirteen, fourteen, some you know, a couple years before that. This is a new uh, development in Soho. It had never been outside of the mansion that it had always been in, and the previous designer had an accident. She's okay. She just like was across the country, so she couldn't make it to New York. Um, 
to do this. And I rallied and I called everybody I knew and I was like, what do you have? (laughs) What can you give? And luckily we got a room sponsor, which was great. Who, uh, design lash who donated every single piece of furniture and lighting in the room, which was, you know, key, but it was also hard because they were like, what, what can I do for you in two weeks? And I was like, show me everything you got. Let's figure it out. Uh, and we did. Wow, that's but you amazing. have to be ready. Yeah, you have to be ready, and you have to say yes. You have to yeah. jump, jump on yes, jump yeah. on yes. I remember years ago getting this woman that I know, really talented designer in Style at Home magazine, which is you know a huge design magazine in Canada, which is a big deal, right? And then when they were going to um, get her, you know, room photographed and everything, she put up all these demands and roadblocks, and the editor called me and said, "Who is this person? Like, she's we're we're pulling it. She's a pain." in the ass. We don't want to deal with this. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe you blew that opportunity. The only thing that comes out of my mouth, if I get an opportunity like that is sure, absolutely. What can I, oh, yeah. no problem. I got it. And then behind the scenes, you want. Right, behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes, I'm like going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'll never survive. But I would never, ever be hard on somebody who had the potential to promote my business. I think that some of that though is um, the fear, right? Is the fear of actually being successful. So you're stopping yourself or not you, that, that person, right. you know, you're putting up these roadblocks. It could have been a great opportunity. There's really no reason. Yeah, that's true. I'm not smart enough to dig into the subconscious. I have enough trouble with the <laughs> conscious, right? But it's true. There are people who have fear, you know, kind of a, an, un, you know, a really gripping fear of success and they do thwart opportunities that come their way. And that, that's, you know, yeah, that's... That's something that needs to be teased out with a professional. I don't want to analyze her. Yeah, no. I'm not a professional, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tina, it's so good to talk to you. Will you come back on the podcast again? You're a wonderful guest. Yeah. Yeah, I would love, you know what, I would love for you to talk to us um, about how you're going to um, fill that pipeline and what you're going to do to make sure the work keeps coming in. I think a lot of people are in that space and they would love that kind of information. I would be happy to. I mean, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm figuring it out, but I'll tell you everything I know. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you so, yeah. so much. We end every episode with design intervention. Just a great piece of business advice you want to leave everyone with. Oh, I was not prepared for this. Um, you were. You filled out. (laughs) I mean, I filled this out like a couple months ago. Right. You said, um, I'm just going to read what you have and then you'll tell me. Okay, tell me what I wrote. Kimberly had said this. If something goes wrong in a project, it's likely something I failed to explain to a client and so I didn't set expectations correctly or turn in turn didn't meet their expectations that has changed the way I approach all situations oh my god yeah, Cheryl no. edit that out so it is your it is your advice that I'm gonna give and you know it's funny because I remember the exact instance of when I heard it I was literally on a subway platform listening to one of your podcasts and you were talking about how you learned this early on, you know, how when things were going wrong, you realized, or I don't know if someone said it to you that if something is going wrong, it's probably something I failed to do yeah, or failed to do correctly. Yeah, And that, that just, it struck me and I was like, this is exactly what's going on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> to, right. We can either have a victim mentality. They did it. It's their fault. I can't do anything about it. Poor me. Or we can say, 
somewhere, somehow, I missed something. I didn't set yeah. an expectation for the client or I didn't follow up with the vendor the way I was supposed to. So 100% of things that go wrong on projects are my fault. That's just really helpful. I I fully agree with it. From the second you said it and I heard it, I was like, this is... And it has changed the way I approach everything now because I'm not as upset about things that go wrong. Instead, I'm like, what could I have done better? So I feel a lot better when things go wrong than I used to. Yeah. I mean, we are human beings. We're going to make mistakes. And sometimes I make a mistake that's expensive, but at least by analyzing it and acknowledging it and accepting responsibility, I don't have to make the mistake again. It's true. It's the mistake that's made twice is way more painful. (gasps) Way more painful. Oh, well, I hope to be in New York soon. It's been a It's been a minute. I don't know. I guess it's been a couple of years. It's been a year. A year? You were here last year. Oh, wasn't I? That was so quick, though. I really want to just go and hang out and have fun and see what's happening. It's been a while. Christmas in New York is just magical. I love it. And we, it you, know, you know, we did a couple of years ago, we did that the, that tour of the houses. Is it in, Was it in Brooklyn? No. Where are the, all the houses that are decorated for Christmas? It's like it's like Diker Heights yes, or something like that. That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so fun. I it's thought really fun. I don't really want it. This seems lame. I don't want to do it. But of course I said yes. And it was so cool. And <laughs> it's I, really fun. We had a little flask of like, I don't know what was in there, cocoa and I don't know, some peppermint schnapps or something. It was freezing. <laughs> we met tons of fun people. The, the Christmas displays were just so heartwarming. It was so fun. So if you've never done Come that, back, we'll do it again. Okay. I'll be here. I'm ready. I know how to dress this time too, boy. (laughs) Thanks, Tina. Awesome to see you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.